We have a new series. It's called The Prayers of the Psalms. Okay? Let's start off with a question, and you don't have to raise your hand. Okay? I would just want you guys to think about this question. Are you good at dealing with negative emotions? Are you good at dealing with negative emotions? And some of the ex uh, examples of negative emotions could be fear, anxiety. It could be anger or bitterness. Or it could be guilt, shame, doubt, frustration. Are you good at dealing with uh, these kind of emotions when they occur in, in your heart? Are you good at dealing with it? And what I mean by good at it is, do you feel like you deal it in a healthy way? In a way where you feel like after these emotions have gone past, like you've grown from it? Or do you feel like a lot of, this, like a lot of the times you go over these things that you actually feel like you become a more hardened person, perhaps, a more numb person, perhaps, more anxious, if anything. Okay. There's going to be two different ways. Well, actually, I'm going to talk about three different ways, but two different ways in which I feel like we deal with emotions, and especially negative emotions, in a pretty negative way. But these are probably the most common ways that we deal with negative emotions. But I'm going to show you a third way, which I think uh, we see in the song. Okay, so try to see which one you guys are at. And maybe it's a combination of some of these things, okay? Uh, the first one is you stuff it. Do I have slides for it? Yeah. You stuff it or you ignore it. And nowadays, more than ever, because of our uh, internet uh, smartphone and internet just being available anywhere and everywhere, it's really, really easy when you're frustrated or when you're angry or when you're anxious or when you feel guilty or anger it's easy to what? Just stuff it down. And it's really easy to ignore it. And there's various reasons for it. Okay? For some of you guys, uh, maybe you grew up in a family where your family modeled that it was not good for you, or you maybe you heard some comments uh, that you shouldn't feel these negative emotions. Okay? Especially when it comes to anger. You go, uh, you know, like you're not a baby anymore. Don't get angry, okay? Or you might, uh, you might have heard something like, good girls don't get angry, okay? So you might have verbally heard things like that, or you might have seen your parents or people you look up to when they were angry or frustrated or bitter or anxious. Instead of dealing with it or talking about it, they just went out, or they just distracted themselves. And you saw that, and you go, oh, that's how you deal with it. Or for some of you guys, maybe you weren't modeled that, but just it was too overwhelming for you. It was too much for you to handle. So it was easier for you to just stuff it or to ignore it. Okay? Now, more and more and more studies are actually showing us that if, you're not, if you do not deal with emotions, what happens? It doesn't just leave away. It doesn't just heal with time. It actually makes you really, 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 really bad. And what I mean by bad is there's a lot of emotional, like they actually say depression, most of the reason why people are depressed is suppressed anger. Okay? So because they keep swallowing this like energy that they have, and they keep swallowing it, swallowing it, it just bursts in there. What happens? You become numb to feel things. 
So therefore, you become depressed. I'm reading a book, and it's like a like a science book about like our physical body, and he basically makes a claim that because we don't deal with emotions very well, that's what actually leads to cancer. Okay, we normally don't think about that, right? We normally think maybe it's type, the type of food or it's the genes from our parents or things like that, and those may be true, but it's actually showing that more and more of our diseases that we're getting is because we're not dealing with our emotions very well. So, one way is to stuff or ignore your emotions. Okay? But nowadays, especially more in 2023, this is the way to really do it, which is to spew it out. Okay? To express it. You feel angry? Express it. You feel anxious? Then express it. They go so far as to basically say, whatever you feel is who you are. So they say, are you in a relationship, but you don't feel it? Then, then what are you doing? You're not being genuine. You're faking it. So therefore, what do you do? Then leave that relationship. Leave that marriage. Leave your kids. Why? You don't feel it anymore. So they actually say, go really far. So one extreme says, ignore altogether. The other extreme says, express it so much so that that becomes your identity. That's who you are. And this side would say, the reason why you have problems is because you're, you've been repressing. Okay? But this side, they look at the people who are spewing it, and they go, whoa, these people got issues. They got emotional issues. They can't handle their emotions. Look at all the crazy things they're doing because of their emotions. Okay? So we see how both of these are actually not very adequate way to deal with negative emotions. Either you're going to become really, really depressed, or really, really, like, you're harming yourself, or you're harming other people by spewing. Because if you spew everything, every emotion that you feel, trust me, you're not going to have much friends. Okay? So the Bible actually shows us a third way. Not stuffing your emotion, not spewing your emotions this way, but praying your emotions. Now, what I didn't say is pray about your emotions, but it's praying your emotions. And I'll tell you guys the difference as we go along, okay? So we're going to see an example of a psalm of where somebody, he feels a lot of different emotions, okay? And we're going to see how he actually deals with it and what we can learn from it, okay? So, number, so this is very important. Number one, if you have a difficult time dealing with emotion, I think, which is most of you guys, including myself, okay? And the second thing is, if your prayer life is not very vibrant, it's very, like, boring and you don't want to pray, this is probably the reason why. Because you, don't, you haven't really learned to express your emotions very well. Okay? So let's see uh, David doing this. Uh, this is King David, and he, he writes this. Lord, how many are my foes? How many rise up against me? Many are saying of me, God will not deliver him. <coughs> so two different things that uh, we need to talk about. Okay? The Bible verse, Psalms chapter 3, actually gives us a context of when David actually wrote this. Okay? David was a king. But it actually says in the subtitle, it says, when Absalom, his son, is coming after him. Now, already I know there are some parents in here. Okay? That already is very like the worst thing that you can ever hear. 
your kids going against you. Okay? What had basically happened, it's a long story, but long story short, David wasn't a very he wasn't a very good father. Okay, to say short. More than that, maybe he had some avoidant issues, perhaps. Okay, we don't know exactly. Because we see when he's younger, he's very, very active. He's very like, oh, Goliath, I'll kill you. And he's like very active. But for some reason, when it comes to family, he's not very active. What I mean by that is there is a lot of turmoil that happens within the family, his sons and daughters. But he doesn't do anything about it. He actually rugs it under the uh, sweeps it under the rug a lot of times. And we don't know. We don't know exactly what happened with David. Maybe something happened because of maybe Bathsheba thing. That sin was so heavy for him. We don't know exactly. But we see that he just um, keeps uh, clearing, putting stuff under the rug. And he doesn't deal with his family issues. So it gets so bad that Absalom basically says, my dad is not a good king. He's incompetent. I will become a better king. So what does he do? He starts a rebellion against his own dad. Because during that time, you can't just, like, it's not a voting system, right? So what do you have to do? You have to wait until your dad gets older and dies. Then you can become the king. But he's like, no, my dad, he's not a good king. He's a worthless king. Now, imagine what that does for a father. Right? There's times when, I mean, as parents, we understand. Some of us who understand if like our parents, or if our kids like disrespect us or do not listen to us, that's a, that's a hit. Or if they can make a mistake, that's a hit on you. Because you don't feel like a good parent. But you guys also know, as kids, you guys have times where you were embarrassed of your parents. Okay? That you have disrespected your parents, you have disobeyed your parents. Can you imagine how your parents felt? It breaks their heart. So, Imagine. So the first layer we have to recognize is that he's running away. Not just from his own son, who's trying to kill him, because he feels like you're an incompetent dad. But not only incompetent dad, you're an inc incompetent king. So he feels like he'll do a better job than you. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine the psychology? Can you imagine what kind of emotions are going through your mind? Not only that, he convinced your general. He convinced your advisors that you trust, your best friends, to go against you. What kind of emotions are going through his mind? Anger, bitterness, confusion, fear, anxiety? Can you imagine all the different things that's going through his mind? So that's kind of the first layer, that he literally has a fear. Okay, because Literally, people are coming to chase them and kill them. You know, there's like some, I don't know if you guys have met any like really, um, uh, what's the word, like anxious people? Or like they're always like um, very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They're always like someone's, like someone's, like we're in danger. Like we have to be careful kind of a thing. What's the word? Paranoid, paranoid, yeah. But literally, he's not paranoid. Literally, an army is coming to take him, subdue him, and kill him. This is real fear. Real physical fear. But not only that, the emotions that he must be going through. But look at the second thing. Many are saying of me, God will not deliver him. Okay? Do you know what's going on here? These are all the people of Israel basically saying, yeah, David's not a good king. 
Do you guys remember the story of David and Bathsheba? David and Bathsheba's story is basically, right? Everybody's in war, and David's just like, la, 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 la. He's on a vacation, and he sees a beautiful woman. And then, even though he knows she has a husband, she has a baby with him. Baby with her. And everybody knows about it. So can you imagine? This whole thing blows up in David's face. And his family is exploding in front of him. What do you think the people are thinking? They're thinking, you absolutely deserve this. Okay? Well, you defeated Goliath and all that stuff, but look at you now. You're running away from your own son. You think God will rescue you? <coughs> you deserve this. So his identity is also falling apart too. We don't know exactly where David's identity really was. But imagine if he says, I'm a great warrior. But look at you now. You're running away. Maybe he had the disillusion that he's a great father. Well, that's no longer there. Maybe he thought he was a good king. Well, your people and um, the people that you were uh, advisors, they're all going against you. General is going against you. Again, what do you do? And you have sinned against God. Who do you have? So there's a lot of different emotion that he must be feeling. If we could imagine. And some of you guys have felt maybe not all of these emotions together. Maybe not to the, dis the nth degree perhaps. But you guys have been through some of these things before. Where you feel, felt betrayed. Where you felt alone and isolated. Where you felt fearful and anxious. And you didn't know for certain what was going to happen. But it's really important because these are very negative things, right? And again, most of you guys, with your negative things, what did you do? You either, again, stuff it, ignore it, or you spew it out to somebody else. But what do we see David doing here? He's expressing these things to God. He's not hiding it. He's not making it like lesson. No, he's actually expressing these things to God. So for some of you guys, I know expressing emotion comes maybe easier for you. But I know that for others of you guys, expressing emotion itself is very difficult. And I'm actually in that camp. Okay? But we see clear examples. If you just read Psalms, Throughout all the chapters, we see David really expressing himself. I think he was a very emotional person. Okay? And he was very good at it. But, again, this shows us, for some of you guys who are like, no, negative, uh, emotions are bad. Anger is bad. Oh, fear is bad. I, I'm just going to, you know, I need to man up or woman up. No. God has given us these different emotions for a reason. And we can express them to God. God is not fearful. God can handle it. Okay, God's not going to go, oh, oh, that's too much anger. Oh, that's too much anxiety. That's too much worry. Your friends, your family members might do that. But God is not going to do that. So you need to hear the first part. Okay? Now, but we need to also not just talk about our emotions. Okay? Because it's not enough to just talk about our emotions. Okay? It's easy to just go, God, I'm angry. Okay, you heard me, right? Okay, bye. Kind of a thing. 
But that's not what David does. David actually goes a little bit further. Okay? And this is what I, the differentiation between praying about our emotions and praying our emotions. Praying about our emotions is, God, God, I feel this way, I feel this way, I feel this way, the end. But praying our emotion is you express them to God and then you reflect or meditate upon God's truth and you deal with your emotions with God. Does that make sense? So it's like a counselor. It's not just a friend who just says, oh yeah, you feel angry? Oh yeah, you should be totally angry. Oh, that person messed up. But more than that, it's like a counselor and says, what happened? Why do you feel this way? Is it logical for you to feel the way you do? And actually, learn to see and meditate upon it. And this is what we're going to see with David. He has fear. He has anxiety. He has a lot of negative feelings, but he doesn't stop here. He's going to continue and he's going to see, okay, I need to think about certain things. I need to meditate upon certain things. Okay, this is what he does. But you, Lord, are a shield around me. My glory, the one who lifts my head up. I call out to the Lord, and he answers me from his holy mountain. I lie down and sleep. I wake again because the Lord sustains me. I will not fear, though tens of thousands assail me on every side. So do you see what he's saying? He doesn't just say, I have fear, I have fear, God, bye. But he says, he meditates upon this thing. You, Lord, are a shield around me. And we're going to talk about these things a little bit more. Who lifts my head up high? But look at the result of him doing this. Okay? He says, I have come to you with my emotions. And look at the, and I am processing my emotions with you by thinking about this thing. And look at the result. Look at him. I, loud, I lie down and sleep. Can you imagine? How can, what I'm, first thing I'm thinking is, how can you sleep through that? You literally have people coming to capture you. Can you imagine if somebody is coming after you? You think you'll be able to sleep? But not only that, right? Not only the physical thing, but the emotional, the mental stress. Right? Your son, all your friends abandoning you, betrayed you, the anger that you have, the anxiety that you have. You think you're going to sleep? You can't. But what happens? Because he's able to express these things and process these things with God, he's saying the result is I can sleep. I can sleep. I can sleep sound. Why? Even though, again, 10,000, literally tens of thousands are coming after him. And he says, I'm okay. So what is he doing here? How is he able to process these things? How is he able to process these emotions? Right? And this is very important. He doesn't say, after everything has become good, I'm okay now. Oh, me and Absalom, we're good now. So I could sleep now. No, he says, in the midst, through the 10,000, they're attacking me right now, I will not fear. The problem is not solved. I'm still running away. I still have issues. I can still sleep at peace. Okay? How is he able to do that? Okay, it's because he's able to process, not only talk about the emotion, but actually meditate upon God's truth. Okay, so there's three, there's a lot of things, but let me just point out three things for you guys, yeah? The first thing is but. The first thing is but. 
And I think this is really, really important. This one word, that changes everything. When we're in uh, negative emotions, there is no but, right? When you're in anger, anger is all you got. Anger is all you see. Revenge is all you see. Bitterness is all you see. And the relationship is all you see. When you're scared, you don't see light. You see darkness. That's all you see. Right? And that's why we keep going. We just get, it just, in our emotions, it just gets progressively worse and worse and worse and worse. And that's why, again, some of us, we go into distraction mode. Because this, we, it just spirals down. It just becomes worse and worse and worse. But he says, but you. But you. So what does, what does he do? He changes his perspective. He says, I feel this way. Yes, I do feel this way. I, I don't feel very bad. I feel guilt. I feel shame. I feel regret. But. And this is very important. I, I, I hope that all of you guys learn to say but when you're talking to God. Because when you just say I, 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 it's endless. Your problems and my problems are endless. Your fear, my fear, my anger, it's endless. It never gets better. So if I just keep thinking on I, 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 or them, 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 I get no. So what does he do? He stops himself. And he changes perspective. And he says, but you. Instead of looking one perspective, he changes it all around and says, okay, I'm going to now look at my situation from your perspective. And this is very difficult to do, right? Especially when you're in the midst of your emotions. And that's why, again, it's very, uh, very important that you pray your emotions. Okay? So that's the first thing. But. But gives you hope. But gives you a different perspective. But changes it from you or them to God. And that changes everything. Okay, so that's the first thing. But there's hope. But there's a way. But things are going to get better. Okay? Uh, second thing is, uh, you are shown around me, my glory right here. This is very important. Okay? Before, we all have different glories. Right? Different things we say, this is what's going to make me important. Or this is what makes me important. And for David, we talked about several, several, several of them. He might have said, I am a great warrior. Not anymore. I'm a great father. Fail. I am a great king. Fail. Yeah, failed in every single thing. So what shield does he have now? What's going to protect him now? Who? What? He has nothing. He's a failed father failed king, failed warrior, running away with his tail behind his back and just running away from his own son. He has nothing. So what does he do? He changes his glory. Instead of saying, this is what makes me who I am, this is what my identity is, he changes it all together. It's not my career. It's not the money I make. It's not how much success I have. It's not my relationship. None of these things. What's going to be my shield? It's going to be God instead. So God is going to be my identity. God is the thing that's going to really lift me up high. Okay? That's the second thing. Last one. 
I call out to the Lord and he, oh, let's do this one first. The one who lifts my head up high. I call out to the Lord and he answered me from his holy mountain. This is, this is really incredible. Every time I read it, even reading it now, it's just, like, it doesn't make sense. How can you lift your head up high? You have literally failed. Do you guys lift your head up high? You go, Dad, I've, I've made a mistake. No, what are you doing? Right? What do kids do? They go, like, my baby, even now, he's three years, he's almost three. He doesn't look at my face when he knows he did something wrong. He's like, looking away. And I have to be like, no, listen. He's like, why? Because there's guilt and shame. Guilt and shame. So what do you do? What do you do when you guys make a mistake? You put your head down. Okay, you put your head down. But how is it that David, when he's running away from his own son because he's a failed father and a failed king, he's saying, I'm going to lift up my head. How is this possible? How does he have so much confidence? It's because he says, I call out to the Lord, and he answers me from his holy mountain. Again, he has confidence, not in himself. Right? He's not saying, well, maybe I will become a good father. Maybe I will show him. Or maybe I will become a good king. I'll show him. It's not that, right? Again, he goes back to his focus is on God. So not my faithfulness, but God's faithfulness. So I could lift my head up high, not because of the things that I do, but because of God's faithfulness to me. And this is really, really difficult for most of us. Especially when it comes to spiritual spirituality, a lot of us, we don't go to God. Because why? We feel like we have failed in front of God. We're not enough, we're not doing enough of this, we're not doing this, or we're doing too much of this, or this, or this. And so we go in front of God, and what do we do? If we did good things, we go, God, you should accept me because I did all of these good things. Or you put your head down and you go, God, I can't even stand in front of you. I should run away from you. But again, what does, what does David do? It has nothing to do with my, my actions. It's all to do with what God is doing. What God has done. How God is very faithful. David, he didn't see Jesus. He never experienced Jesus for himself, right? But we understand Jesus. Every single one of us. We know what Jesus has done for us. You know, what's really interesting is God actually understands David very, very well. God understands what it's like for his sons and daughters to be trained. God understands what it feels like for everybody to turn their face away from him and be trained. God knows what isolation looks like. Because we see that Jesus, on the day that he was dying, he was totally isolated. He was totally betrayed by all of his disciples that were so-called his friends. And he experiences total isolation, total anxiety and fear. But he goes through all of that. Why? Why does he go through all of that? So that you and I, we don't have to go through that. That's what the cross is. These words 
right here, we could actually say these are God's words. They actually said, call out to God. But he's not going to come and get you. He even cried out to God, God, why have you forsaken me? And there was silence. Why? Because even though we deserve that, he took that punishment upon himself. So that why? We can lift our head up high. When we call out to the Lord, he answers. Why? Not because of anything we have done, but because of what Jesus has done for us instead. So he takes our punishment, and we take his righteousness. And because of that, even though we're messed up, we come boldly in front of God. And we say, I call out to the Lord, and I know that he will answer me. All of us are going to go through a lot of different emotions this week. Some of it will be very, very positive, very good news, very good things, happy, joyful things. But we will also go through a lot of negative emotions this week. And you're going to have a choice. You're going to either stuff it, or you're going to either spew it. But there's a third way. You could express it to God. And then you change your perspective. And you read something like this. And you could think upon these things. You could think about what Jesus has done. And then in light of that, see how your emotions will change. See how you can process these emotions. Your fear, your anxiety, your guilt, your shame, your doubt. In front of the cross, what happens to these emotions? For David, he was able to sleep in peace, and he was not able to, he was not fearful. All of that is offered to us if we just pray our emotions.